Good morning and welcome to WNHH's C Click Fix Radio. I'm Paul Bass. Welcome you to another of our weekly looks at what's happening at the grassroots underneath the mass media radar in our community as well as in cities across the country through the lens of the C Click Fix problem solving website. Joining me as always are C Click Fix's Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz with the latest citizen powered news. Welcome, folks. Good to have you back. And in a few minutes, we're going to patch in Justin Anderson, GIS coordinator for the community of South San Francisco, California. Not San Francisco, South San Francisco, South San Francisco, which I've just learned is a different community. It doesn't even touch San Francisco, though it's kind of close. We should mention that today's program was made possible in part thanks to support from Yale New Haven Hospital. So, Caroline, where's the latest? What's the latest news? From South San Francisco. And what is South San Francisco? Absolutely, Paul. So it looks like up top, an anonymous C-Click Fix user reported a bus with trailer parked on Shannon Street near Oakmont Avenue has a generator running. Diesel fumes are spreading throughout the neighborhood. Wow. And featured is a picture of a huge truck with lots of swirls and decoration on the side, <laughs> um, presumably also uh, swirling with fumes around it. When was that posted? It looks like that was posted on the 26th, and then it was immediately acknowledged by uh, the city of South San Francisco um, and assigned to the police department. Okay, so it hasn't been finished, fixed yet. And now it has been, and then it was fixed also on the 27th as well. Oh, and how they fix it, do you know? Let's see. Hmm. Your service request has been acknowledged by city staff. For some more information in the future, it doesn't say exactly what, how, but Elaine, a citizen, also hops into the conversation and says, I'd like to thank the fixer who took care of this problem. I appreciate how promptly this matter was resolved. This was my first time using this South San Francisco Engage app. Now, you guys here, you guys are familiar with thousands of daily complaints people have in cities. Have you ever heard this one before? I haven't heard this one before. I don't but, know if I have either. So I love that a lot of the news we get from these cities is so common. Uh, we got yeah. the pothole, they got the bulk <laughs> right. trash. This one I haven't heard. Yeah. Yeah, but what I what I have heard before, which I think is probably the thing that excites me the most about Sequifix, is that it as a channel for gratitude. I think mm. that's why this one really stuck out to me is that I think people in a lot of different realms, but particularly with in relation to their city government, don't always have avenues to say, yo, thank you yeah. for doing this. Um, and don't even necessarily know who to thank. I think that's the first question is who to thank and then how to thank. And that's why this one stuck out to me. And, and actually, the government also gets to respond to people, which people want to do in government if they could just find a good way to do it, right? Bingo. And actually, the police department hops on right after that and says, thank you for your positive feedback. I'm glad the issue was able to be resolved <laughs> showing quickly. showing the love. So they had San Francisco <laughs> and Hate Ashbury in 67. Right. And we got South San Francisco is the love capital, maybe, of 2016. Go. We're going to hear about the that. Civic love capital. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one more legal or get a little burning man edge to this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else we got in the love city of South San Francisco? Let's see. Um, looks like there's a sign traffic marking issue. This was reported on the 29th. And the description includes vehicle accident hits street sign with street name and is currently leaning over. Uh oh. And it was acknowledged and then closed just that uh, just that day. It was acknowledged that day and then closed just it looks like yesterday um, by the city of South San Francisco. And the reason why this one stuck out to me is because I have no idea. I'm a layperson to this. I have no idea what is the city's role in an accident when there's a car accident. I don't know what they do. Is it 
and presumably the police department's involved when some of their property is damaged maybe it's their street but i have no idea what happens well, I, also, I also was curious you know something i've been thinking about recently is does the city have insurance on their own infrastructure infrastructure right so if like a traffic signal gets knocked down that's oh, that's, that's expensive right yeah yeah i'd love to know that that is good to know solo we have someone on the phone who might know Justin Anderson, the GIS coordinator of South San Francisco, California. How you doing, sir? All right. Um, is that audible on the radio? Because I'm barely hearing that. Justin, we're gonna have to. We're gonna do our own secret fix complaint here. That um, man not audible on radio show. So, uh, Justin, you wanna um, you you wanna try to speak a little more? See if we hear you. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Justin, welcome to the show. So how are you doing out there okay, in South San Francisco? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Lovely morning. How big is South San Francisco? Um, we're, we're actually a pretty small city. We're maybe 10 square miles, about 65,000 people. So, you know, significantly smaller than, than our namesake just to the north, San Francisco. And how far are you from San Francisco? You know, we are only about three miles um, from this, the southern border of, of San Francisco, but there's a really big mountain between us and San Francisco, so we're kind of you know our, we're our own unique place. We're our own we have our own identity, kind of removed from San Francisco. And Justin, what's a GIS coordinator? Well, the GIS stands for Geographic Information Systems, which is kind of a you know sort of a jargony kind of way of saying that I I'm the guy who manages the computer mapping system mm. for the city. So would you? So you're obviously on C Click Fix, right? Would you have yes, an, any insight into what Ben and Caroline were just talking about? What what happens when a street sign gets knocked over or a traffic signal gets gets hit in an accident? Whether cities have insurance for that? How they get on top of that? You know, it, it's a that's a really interesting question. I don't myself. I'm assuming that we do, but you know, a question like that is the perfect example of using you know C click fix because anybody can you know ask that question. Throw it out there. It can ultimately end up in you know the 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 area of somebody who can answer that within the within the city on staff, or even a resident can you know chime in and and put their two cents in. So I mm -hmm. mean that's the kind of stuff that we really embrace in terms of people asking questions and, and you know wanting to know more about how government works. It's a it's a really interesting. I, I think that's a great point, Justin. You know the the reason I've become curious about this insurance piece recently is that we work with an organization uh, called Claims Management Resources, and what they do is process claims for the Georgia DOT on their infrastructure. Uh, and so last week, I started wondering if this was something that happens at the municipal level as well. And I actually uh, gave a call to uh, the folks at Traffic and Parking here in New Haven, uh, and their quick answer to this is no, they do not have insurance on their physical infrastructure. And they actually process their own claims. So if the driver... So self-insurance. Yeah, that's The city right. has historically had self-insurance for a lot of matters, including lawsuits, which is why when we lose a big lawsuit, it's always worry that taxes are going to have to go up. But Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's interesting is in that conversation, um, one of the folks in Traffic and Parking actually mentioned that uh, another town in uh, Connecticut does have their own insurance company doing processing those claims. And... So I think this is one of those, as Justin's pointing out, this is one of those places where um, we can leverage the platform not to, not only to share information between residents about the inner workings of cities, but if there's a lesson learned 
uh, in, you know, in Norwalk was the town they were giving as an example, uh, where, you know, efficiency has been created in, in, uh, processing their own insurance claims. That's something we could, we could help to spread really quickly, uh, hopefully through this program and, and, uh, from, you know, from city to city. So I I hope, uh, I hope we find out more about this one. We'll have to put an asterisk on it. Caroline, do you have other news from South San Francisco? Yes, and this one's uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, so it's a legal dumping issue. Uh, description, kids Columbia bike on the corner of Wexford and Dublin with, along with other garbage. Um, and it looks like that was reported on the 26th, was acknowledged by the city on the 26th as well, picked up just a couple days later on the 28th and closed. And the reason why this is dear to my heart is because I feel like in New Haven, um, there are a lot of bikes that get... Um, that are affixed to light poles that maybe have wheels missing or a perfectly perfect bike suit. I know there's been one in front of Elm City Market that I park, that I buddy up right next to every single day that I know has been there for um, potentially half a year. And is that when someone steals one of your wheels, they think you're not going to come mm-hmm. back for it, so they'll eventually come back to the rest of the bike? And some people say it's not worth the money to fix right. the rest of my bike. Is that what happens? Well, I what is I your do. Bike, I know you're very involved in bike activism in New Haven. Well, what I do know is that there's an organization called Beep in New Haven, which is a nonprofit, which is trying to take all these bikes from various places, including like the police department when they're picked up, or Yale when um, Yale students leave them left over, and try to centralize all of them, have them fixed up slightly. Beep. Yeah, Beep. Yeah. I, just this morning, I was at the bicycle storage that the police department has at the Armory for all the bikes that they confiscate. Mm. There are a lot of them. Yes. They auction those off. Yeah. So Beep wants to get involved in that. Yeah, so Beep is trying to collect all those, work with John Martin from the Bradley Street Bike Co-op to fix them up a little bit and work with organizations like Iris to give them away to folks who, who, uh, who Man, are Man, you need. guys have just more good ideas every day. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Ben? Oh, you know, I, I was curious. Uh, Justin, in, in South San Francisco, the, um, do you get a, you get a decent amount of abandoned bikes? And I'd I'd also be curious if this yarn bombing uh, trend ever hit South San Francisco. I remember a couple of years ago you'd see bikes that that had been hit by uh, <laughs> phantom knitters who were knitting the bikes in place uh, uh, in artistic ways. I was wondering if the why were they like doing that? that? Uh, because the bikes had sat there forever and they wanted to oh, beautify the space without removing. Because that's a problem for beep, right? You can't just decide to take a bike just because it's been there forever, right? You need approval right. from the police or the landlord. Exactly, and I think that's what fascinated me about this issue is that it says City of South South San Francisco picked it up, and I was like, well, where did it go? So, Justin, where did it go? You know, th- yeah, that w- what a great question. I don't think we make a distinction between any you know anything that's left out there on the, in the street in the right of way. We don't say, okay. Um, this is this is a bike, so it's got to go to this place, mm-hmm. but, and this is something else, and it's got to go to the dump. I think everything just kind of gets sent to the to the ultimate final destination, which is probably the dump. You know, this does come up quite a bit in our downtown. Folks leave um, bikes locked up, uh, you know, next to the street furniture, and they kind of forget about it or whatever. And we've got to come in and, and cut the locks and and, and, and take the bikes um, off to their their final destination. You really take but, them to the you dump? Know, you don't even you don't even like keep I, you them know, yourself or anything. Yeah, I'm, I, I believe I believe that's where they they ultimately end up. I, I could be wrong, you know. I'm I'm in the information technology department, so you know my my actual I'm not a I'm not somebody who actually goes out into the field and, and fixes these kind of problems. I mean, I work with the department, so um, I believe that's the case in terms of where things ultimately end up for us. And Justin, what do you notice in monitoring the information that comes across your desk? How big a deal are bike concerns in your city? And what are those most of those concerns focused on? 
Well, we've got it. We've got a number. I mean, definitely like what we're talking about in terms of having um, bikes left out. And the other thing too, in terms of, of just a, overall throughout the city, not in the partic- particularly in the downtown area, is just continuing expanding the usability of bikes, meaning increasing, you know, dedicated trails and um, bike paths and, and that kind of thing, which, you know, the city has definitely been doing over a number of years. But I think that's kind of part of the livability um, effort that we're making and that the residents are expecting um, from from the city and definitely see, you know, requests for more, um, you know, bikeways. We, we get concerns and debate on Secret Fix and other avenues in New Haven about a dedicated trail we have where there's sometimes crime or lack of lighting on the trail. Does any of that happen in South San Francisco or are you sort of a crime-free paradise where people leave the doors open? Oh, yeah, I wish I wish that was the case. No, interesting, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just what's happening right now. We have a we have a trail system that runs right through the middle of the city. Mm. Um, it was built a, a, just a few years ago to mark our, our 100th anniversary at like the Northampton, yeah. And so what are you finding along there? What kind of problems are arising? Yeah, so it ends up being uh, quite a hot spot for, for graffiti. Um, you know, along the uh, the fences that border the, the trailway and the houses that abut them, uh, quite a bit of quite a bit of graffiti and we just use the data that we collect through C-Click Fix to kind of target um, the locations of where the, that graffiti is and how we should, you know, kind of mitigate the, uh, the what's going on. We've, we've, we've looked at the, basically the hotspots um, in, in the data and decided like, okay, we are going to place some cameras to monitor what's going on and hopefully discourage the graffiti and, and, basically the placement of those cameras is coming from the locations that we are uh, acquiring through C-Click Fix when residents are reporting uh, graffiti issues. How often are they reporting the graffiti issues on the trail? Well, you know, historically it hasn't been too much, but the last couple of months has been a spike. So we've, we've gotten, I think, a couple dozen over the last um, last two months. Wow. And um, and when did you say the trail went in for your 100th anniversary? Uh three three years ago and then do you have the kind of problems we do with muggings or like people stopping the riders and knocking them down and taking their bikes away uh you know i don't think that happens too often it's more just these quality of life things it's 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 a it's a, it's a big open space so it's an opportunity for people to do graffiti um you know again dumping illegal dumping and uh we, occasionally we have a, a homeless encampment that'll pop up along that that space but violent crime not so much and the now some people actually go to their house people's houses get tagged uh yeah they do um houses um businesses as well you know if there's a wall that's available folks will go after it and do you clean it as well or do they take care of their own cleaning uh well if it's if it's um it, certainly if it's on city property we we we, we clean it up um if it's private, I, I think the the, the, um, the the homeowner has to take care of that. Justin, it sounds though that you're being proactive. It sounds to me like you're saying we're going to look at how to stop the graffiti from getting up there in the first place by using these tools from C-Click Fix and the cameras. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a real push um, in terms of just an overall revitalization within South San Francisco to kind of you know to, to focus on quality of life issues as we sort of start transforming the city, as there's, there's a lot of development going on 
and we want to make sure that, you know, if there's any blighted areas that we kind of target those and we're, we're seen as being very responsive and that we eliminate the issues, you know, before they really register uh, for folks. We eliminate the graffiti. We eliminate the, the things that get left in the street, those kind of issues. Great. Now, Caroline, is there other news that you wanted to report from South San Francisco? Sure. One more. Let's see. Um, uh, there's a sign and traffic marking issue. A uh, reporter was uh, is named Juju, which I believe means luck and maybe is a style of music in Nigeria. J-U-J-U? Anyway, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the description that says... Kingston um, Day? No, sorry. Is, um, a stop sign must be placed on Grand Avenue at the intersection of Alden Glen Drive and Grand Avenue. There are many people who are speeding here in the morning and there are a lot of children who would cross the street going to Parkway Middle School. An accident just occurred here because of a person who was speeding through Grand Avenue during the morning commute. So what did, pe- did people kind of weigh in on that about? Yeah, well, I think I think this is an issue, interesting issue in two different ways. One is that the city, uh, various different groups from the cities got involved, the city got involved, including Engage South, South San Francisco, the actual verified official at the city of South San Francisco and the the public works lead signs and traffic markings group. And what I think is, um, what I think is interesting about that, it's only been acknowledged um, and it hasn't been closed. And I think, um, I think what fascinates me about that. And I think this is a question for Justin is how do issues like this that have a little bit that might take a little bit more time is a stop sign. It's not, it's not an easy fix. It won't be fixed in a couple of days. It's a little bit about kind of broader infrastructure issues. How are these sort of like longer term, but good ideas incorporated into the city's workflow and long-term planning? Sure. So for this particular um, request, something relating to, to the traffic flow in the city, it's got to go to the traffic advisory committee. Um, and so what we're seeing here is that the Public Works Department was the original recipient of the request, and they're routing it over to the uh, to the TAC. And that can take, obviously, a, a significant amount of time to, to go out and make the determination that that, that request makes sense and we're, we're going to put the sign in place or not. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit of a, a process that goes on. Um, you know, and, and any of those kind of high-level questions that we get, you know, in terms of should we, you know, is there a policy change that needs to happen throughout the city? Um, they ultimately, those questions get routed to the to the to the departments or the uh, the authority that needs to see them, which is completely the power of of, of C Click Fix. And and during the process, you know, these requests can be updated, and that's one of our our huge focuses. That you know, to to let to let folks know, so we don't have to guess, so that we don't have to you know wonder, oh, where are we in the process? Um, you know, to, to go on to the case and say, oh, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's on somebody's desk and they're, they're going, they're doing X, Y, and Z to determine the validity of the request. Um, you know, and, and, and that's obviously always going to be a work in progress to do that communication, but it's a huge, um, it's a huge benefit of using the system and it's, it's definitely on our radar to continue to enhance that aspect of it. You are listening to C Click Fix Radio on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. Broadcast at 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're talking with C-Click Fix Radio News today with Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz of C-Click Fix and Justin Anderson from South San Francisco, California. Ben Berkowitz, what's the latest news out of New Haven, Connecticut? At 243 Sherman Avenue in New Haven, Connecticut, we have a tree trimming issue which has Uh-oh. been closed. Oh, good. And closed. What was this issue? Ah, it was reported on uh, June 10th, 
2015. And my birthday way back then in June 2015. Hey, look at that. Yeah, okay. Look at that. 262 <laughs> times it has been viewed. Whoa. 260. Wow. That's right. It was at the time issue ID 1,705,233. <laughs> and it was reported by Urban Forester, City oh. of New Haven, which is, uh, as many know, the uh, city's account for the folks who trim the trees. So, this was so the, city the city itself reported a problem it wanted to fix or seek sick fix rather than just going to its own department. That's, that's Why right. Why does it do that? So um, the city of New Haven uses seek fix within the parks department uh, to categorize and prioritize all of their tree trimming requests. Um, it needs a place to do that, and they, we get the added benefit of getting to watch them do it as it's publicly documented. And is the complaint generated by them as they go around, or is it generated by a citizen? Uh, both cases, but a lot of times it's generated by them as they go around. So you'll see the, the acknowledgement comment that follows from Urban Forester is that the tree has been inspected and prioritized for action, uh, and then they've assigned it internally. Um, they have uh, an assignee within C-Click Fix called Elm Tree, so they have a whole class of trees. So they all get to make, they, oh, okay, it's not the person who's Elm Tree. Right, and I think this is the reason. So um, El, uh, the next comment said elms in the city are only trimmed from November to March. So that's something I didn't know. That yeah, it, I wonder why that is. Yeah, why, not, why do you trim them in bad weather rather than good weather? I'm not sure. but oh, Fewer uh, leaves? Does it make it less heavy, less to cart away? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, And that, that would make sense. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable. Let's go with that. So then what happened? Why did it take all the way from June to now? Is that the so, reason? And then it says, yeah, the tree has been inspected and prioritized for action. Um, and they closed out the issue. And did, was there much conversation about it? There's not. This is this is mostly an internal conversation facing so, outwards. So, Justin, in South San Francisco, California, how big a deal is tree trimming? Oh, it's a huge it's a huge mm. issue. I believe we have over uh, five thousand trees that the city maintains, and that that ends up being one of our um, really hot topics for uh, secret fix reports. You know. Um, I think I saw it was number four, Justin, when I I just took a look at Insight, and it looks like it's the number four most reported issue behind shopping carts, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, uh, you know, uh, a key issue for us. And and again, another example of how C-Click Fix is is really, really valuable. Um, You know, conveying the information on on what tree needs to get um, trimmed is, you know, I think it can be daunting, but mm. with the power of C-Click Fix to be able to send the actual physical location, um, the coordinates of where that tree is happening, if a resident or even a staff member records the problem in the field, you know, using the smart device, we know exactly what tree we're talking about. So, you know, really, really an increase in efficiency using the system. Justin, have does South San Francisco have a denser tree cam- canopy than than San Francisco, do you know? Um, you know, just, I would say it depends, really depends on where, where, where you're talking. I mean, we're much smaller than San right. Francisco. So certainly some areas in the Southern side, um, the, uh, you know, the Southwestern side over by the ocean mm. in San Francisco is, is pretty dense. Um, generally, that's a great question. Generally speaking, I would probably say we might have a denser canopy. Yeah. Interesting. My, my guess is you do just based on my own an- anecdotal evidence of being to both cities. It, here in New Haven, we actually have one of the densest urban canopies in the United States, uh, and there's been a real priority put on, um, uh, you know, growing our trees. But of course, at the same time, 
trees do things like create asthma and mm. um uh and get overgrown and <laughs> knock down power lines mm -hmm. and overgrow and create all sorts of problems so it is an interesting challenge so what other news we got going in new haven ben Berger? sure so uh at 1107 chapel street in front of the comcast building uh categorized under signs bus shelters and pavement markings uh we have the report from great britain the reporter's name is great britain they have 1730 civic points uh, they have reported that two shattered and broken glass panels are on the gus, uh, on the bus shelter. That's, I thought the Comcast, was, that's not the Comcast by Wooster Square? Uh, this is, number oh, I may have it, I may have it wrong. You're right, Paul. You're right. This is by the, uh, Yale Art Gallery. Oh, by the Yale Art Gallery. Uh, so the bus shelter there by the Yale Gallery was shattered. I didn't see, like I was a, there last night. I didn't see any shattered glass. I didn't notice glass. it either, but, um, this was just reported last night and, uh, what time? Let's see. It was, it doesn't have the time, um, was there but it was recorded last night. Wow. And uh, traffic and parking has said, thank you for posting this issue. Traffic division has been notified. Okay. So still, still open and acknowledged, and hopefully they replace it before uh, you and I even have to see it. The shattered glass uh, happened at your bus shelters there in South San Francisco, Justin. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, part of our, you know, our, our quality of life sort of, you know, initiative that uh, getting that kind of stuff um, dealt with, identified, dealt with um, quickly. That that's a that's an issue for us. Great. And Ben, what else we got in the news? We got a traffic and road safety issue reported at 27 Church Street, New Haven, Connecticut. This was reported by single letter J with 345 civic points. Extremely poor traffic pattern while Church Street Lane Divider is in place. Traffic department should eliminate parking on the right side and temporarily move the bus stop so that the traffic can flow less impeded. Hmm. Acknowledged by Doug Houslot and Director of Transportation on June, uh, or rather January 27th, 2016. Thank you. Staff has been reviewing this morning. We agree that the divider needs more work. Doug Houslotten follows up a day later. We took out a parking space to permit better through movements for buses coming from Crown Street. Wow. Church Street, that's response. Yeah. Church Street appears to be fine with two lanes going through. However, we are looking at adjusting signal timing to permit more through movement of church as well, and that is transparency. Given the snow that has not been removed, the double parking from commercial vehicles needs to stop, says Hill for now. That's a registered user. Uh, can't cross streets. Get on buses can't get on buses and a nightmare to get off the buses. The city isn't clearing snow and these large vehicles are blocking streets. Triple exclamation point. Wow. And Doug Houslotten has come back on while traffic continues. The situation is about as good as we can hope until the construction is wrapped up. If you see more areas where we can improve, don't hesitate to comment. Wow. So Justin, what do you think when you hear about that? This guy's in charge of our whole transit department. Do you, does that happen in South San Francisco where someone's up at night or in the middle of the afternoon stopping what he's doing and going around the corner to check when someone says that kind of traffic problem's happening and actually changes who can park there? Um, you mean in terms of going out and, and having having somebody identify quickly identify an issue? Yeah, does someone say we have this problem here and there's an there's two you gotta get rid of that parking there and you go out and say, Hey, you're right, and we got rid of that parking space. Yeah, I mean, I think we we try to be you know, like, like you're saying before. We try to be pretty pretty proactive in in, in what we do, and and you know, I think it's it's the issues that come in the sequel fix are certainly on everybody's radar. So um, well, last we week go we heard from and, Houston, Texas, where the mayor runs out yeah. with a shovel and helps fill in the potholes. Hey, your mayor <laughs> been doing that? 
not to, yeah, not not to not to that level. But I will say that our city manager is one of our leading reporters. Um, oh, that's interesting. Issues. He will he will cruise through the city and he sees something and he will report it and he wants it fixed. You know, so oh. he he's part of the, he's absolutely part of the process. It's awesome. Cool. Any other news? Ben? Sure. Why don't we talk about illegal dumping? At yeah. 146 Springside Avenue in New Haven, mm, Connecticut. Down by West Rock, okay. That's right, up by Common Ground High School. And mm-hmm. this one actually was reported in October of 2015, on the 5th of October. It's been viewed 852 times. People care about this one. Wow. It was reported through the C-Click Fix widget on the city's website by Cindy. And uh, here's the description. Again, and I can't even count the number of exclamation points uh, <laughs> marks here. Uh, just cleaned Must be related up. Jeb Bush. Yeah, <laughs> just cleaned up last week. This week it is in the high grass in the lot directly across the street from where the mattresses were dumped. There was at one time a parks department house on this property and the grass is very high and not cut often, which makes it easy to dump here. This time it is fortified pallets, a kid's car seat, a kid's stroller, and a kid's play table. It would help a lot if the grass was cut because they wouldn't be so inclined to dump there. Also it would help, and I know that many city trucks and park department trucks go up and down Springside Avenue. More than once every day, as Common Ground High School is out there, as well as the city housing projects. Uh, we get into some yeah, all caps. It does caps. Think there, right by West Rock. The they get a ton park of and dumping. People trash down there. They yeah. get a ton of dumping. Yeah. Yeah. So what do people say, Ben? Uh, well, Cindy came back uh, two hours ago and said this is an ongoing issue. Right now, in the same place, there are five to six tires in plain sight. You drive by, they have been there for at least a week. This area needs to be checked on both sides of the street on a regular basis. City trucks of all. Kinds go by my house daily. It's actually curious to me that this one has not uh, been acknowledged by the city of New Haven. Also, it sounds to. from Cindy that the mattresses are not there anymore. Correct? Uh, that's right. Now something else is there. Wow. Absolutely. So now I think, Justin, let me put words in your mouth. You might put, you might see that on C-Click Fix in South San Francisco, and you might put a camera up, correct? So they don't do it in the first place? Um, definitely a, a um, you know, that's, that's, one, that's one option that we would have. I mean, we, we're really familiar with illegal dumping problems. I mean, they, they represent about at least 50% of the requests that come to us through C-Click Fix. So, um, like many other cities, including New Haven, uh, we're, we're dealing with that. But again, you know, using C-Click Fix, it's awesome because as soon as something like a mattress in the street gets reported, our crews get dispatched in a few minutes. The problem gets dealt with, you know, within an hour. Um, you know, at least for that particular problem, everybody's happy. All right, you're, li- you're not just using C-Click Fix, you're listening to C-Click Fix Radio on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. We're talking with Caroline Smith, Ben Berkowitz of C-Click Fix, and Justin Anderson from South San Francisco, California. Caroline, what is the latest news in Burlington, Vermont, according to posters on C-Click Fix? Absolutely. So, um, reporter Tom Papp has reported an issue called Bridge to Nowhere, which sounds like... An epic Not the most memoir. original yeah, title. <laughs> uh, the description... I've written on those headlines probably in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, re- this is reported on February 1st. And the description includes, The wooden arch bridge spanning VT-127 links Ethan Allen Homestead to the neighborhoods and Ethan Allen Park on the other side. It has been blocked off with a chain link fence and not maintained for several years. Wait a second, what is it? The what? It looks like there's a wooden arch between... Um, a park and a homestead. Yeah, and I actually it's been... hiked there with my wife. I remember I was too scared to go on the other bridge they had. It was high up above the You remember that bridge? Not that bridge. There was okay. another bridge there that actually... Mm. Actually, it might be... No, because that was two years ago and that was open. 
Yeah, well, now from the Ethan Allen home. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. That's crazy that you you know that exactly. We biked all around, yeah, but I was too nervous to go over the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, right now it. it has a chain link fence and it hasn't been maintained. Um, from what I have read, over two hundred fifty thousand dollars was spent to build this structure in the nineteen eighties. Considering its aesthetic and actual value, it should be maintained. Mm. Was Bernie been... Sanders the mayor back then? I was there when Bernie Sanders was the mayor. That was nineteen eighty one. Ah, okay. but he he I think it was late eighties, early nineties. He got elected to Congress. And he actually made it a really nice city. Yeah. It changed when you go back there. Yeah. How so? In what ways did he make it nice? There was also development that was primed to go on then, especially around the waterfront, but they've also done a lot of spiking stuff. And what happened was that they fought with him. There was especially one Republican developer, and he said, and Bernie said, no, you're not going to be able to build there if you're kicking out the poor people. They mm -hmm. came up with a plan where they're going to preserve all that affordable housing and have more, but also build up public access to the waterfront. Mm. And to close off traffic in the whole center of town to have it be like a, a pedestrian walkway. And those two things boomed. First of all, that mm. Republican guy fell so in love with Bernie's actually helping to give money, although not too much money, he's not allowed to, <laughs> to Bernie's presidential campaign. But when you go back, so I went back there 30 something years later and every night there's tons of music everywhere. Along that promenade, tons of businesses are open and all these restaurants, mm. like as many as we have in all of downtown New Haven, you have all these people on the street eating all day and night. You have street musicians come from everywhere and they're mm. permitted. Um, the, it's beautiful by the water, live music all over the place. You take the rides. I mean, Burlington has boomed in all the ways that urban advocates want it, businesses want it. And Bernie, in a very practical way, negotiated that and increased public organizing for the rights of poor people to be part of all that. Mm -hmm. That that was quite a story, but I guess I got us a little off track. No, no, we're no. going gonna to get someone on from Burlington. Burlington, yes, really that's the Burlington yeah. is the urban success story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, under a socialist mayor who was working with the capitalists. <laughs> when I went up there first, when he was first elected, he won by accident by 10 votes because yeah, they weren't paying right. attention. And they all thought, I went there the first couple months, they were all thought he was going to be out. He was a goner. They took away his staff, his secretary. He had the Socialist Workers' Party militant newspaper in the waiting room, which is like, you know, it was like a war. They called them the Sandinistas. <laughs> but then he really just governed. Hmm. And it was interesting. And he became so popular, you couldn't mess with Bernie, that when a Democrat got a vote elected later, they all had to act like they were Bernie's. Mm. Little Bernies, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's changed the conversation in that city. Do you think it's possible to um, to have one of those kinds of promenades? I just wanted to say promenade, but in New Haven, I've always felt they should close downtown to traffic. I have a feeling I it's not going to happen. Chapel but I, I was there, like, Chapel yeah, and Chapel? Crown, and I, I mm. thought they should yeah. do the whole district there. You know, from where the Coliseum used to be over to let's say uh, Yorker Park mm. and up just to that bottom half of the green. I would love to see that. My understanding is that Boulder, Colorado. Uh, the downtown was designed or re-architected by the same individuals as Burlington, and they've had very similar similar success. So now what's up with this bridge in Burlington, though? It sounds yep. like Bernie's no longer the mayor and there's trouble in Burlington. <laughs> well, it looks like the Parks Department is um, is ready for action. So they, they, they respond with a pretty lengthy uh, response, um, and they acknowledge the issue. They said, the bridge was built in 1984 for exactly $379,000 and yeah, $379,000. It was required by federal law because it dissected Ethan Allen Park and Homestead. The bridge was looked at to be moved in the early 1990s for the Burlington bike path, but it was too costly. That's what costly. I was talking about. That's yes. what I on the bike path. Yeah. Um, setting access from the west would require various property acquisition and easements. However, the engineering required and cost of construction has been the limiting factor in prioritizing the project. 
it does remain on the radar for improving access to the nor new North End, as well as on the city's capital plan. So this is a case where it didn't get fixed, it got explained. Mm -hmm. Which is it great. This is yeah. another thing you want to have happen in government. Did, 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 was there any response back? There wasn't any, this, that was just, that was just uh, acknowledged on the second. So we'll see if there's any response back. Um, one, I mean, clearly the limiting factor here is cost. And one thing I posed to Justin right before this call is, um, what is the the number one project, particularly in, in IT, you wish you could do if money didn't matter at all? You, you, you know, that's a, that's a I love that question because we actually, as a city, we've run into that um, just recently. We basically had a pro project where, you know, it was it was massive, and we didn't have the funds. Basically, the the story is that our municipal services building, which is sort of our second city hall where our city council um, meets and a number of departments are located, is not up to seismic rate. And you know, obviously, in Northern California, there's a constant risk of a, of a, a major um, earthquake, basically at any point. And to make matters worse, our police department and our PD dispatch are located in that. Um, that building, so a massive, you know, project undertaking that um, would require millions of dollars of funds. So we were left with the problem of okay, we've got something, we've got something to deal with, and we we don't have the money. But boy, it would be great if we did. So what we did is we went to out to the voters, and we passed a a half cent sales tax for for thirty years to fund that significant project as well as some of the other services and staff increases increasements in the police department, et cetera. But we basically have lived through that situation just recently. Carolyn, do we have a parting uh, news story from Burlington? Sure. So uh, on the 29th, uh, reporter T. Miles uh, reported a found needle or syringe. Uh, and the description has uh, two needles on the road and there's a little picture. And it's funny, it's that, again, Bernie Sanders is there because if you heard Bernie Sanders was mm -hmm. at a youth rally when um, Vampire Weekend was singing with him, This Land mm -hmm. is Your Land. And he told people he wants legal marijuana, but he asked the young people, don't do heroin. Mm -hmm. Heroin's actually messing up Vermont, and Bernie likes you all to get a good, right. nice high, but not get sick and addicted to opiates. But I guess someone there in Burlington wasn't following his advice back home. Right. I mean, it sounds like, um, I think what's really fascinating about Burlington, I want them to have the opportunity to talk about it. That's why I'm excited to have either um, Bill Ward or maybe even the mayor on next week. Um, you know, as you said, Burlington's been struggling with with heroin issues. And mm. one issue under that broader issue is dropped needles um, that people don't necessarily know what to do with. It's, it's It requires like an actual process to pick it up. And so that's actually been a partnership with the Burlington Health Department, um, the Howard Center in Vermont, uh, Code Enforcement and the Police Department to pick these up in, mm. a, in a timely because it's, it's a time sensitive issue in a timely and efficient way. So, wait, um, so you're telling me that if people tune in next week to the show, they're going to get to hear a live person from Vermont, Burlington, Vermont government. We're crossing our fingers, yes. All right. Oh, that sounds like a good reason to tune in next week <laughs> to, uh, to see Click Fix Radio. But, you know, we're going to wrap up the show now. I want to thank everybody for joining us today on see Click Fix Radio. Thanks to Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz of see Click Fix. Thanks to Justin Anderson of South San Francisco, California. Justin, it was really great to chat with you. Thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing financial support for today's program. And thanks to the producer of today's program, WNHH's Brian Slattery. He's here because Lucy Gelman and Tom Breen are off in New Hampshire following the former mayor of Burlington, Bernie Sanders, and others on the presidential trail. 
And following this program, we're going to go to Tom Breen with some recordings of people he met and a certain presidential candidate whose name often begins with the at a rally last night in New Hampshire. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing Eliyahu Hanavi from the group's 2002 CD, This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. This is Paul Bass wishing you a day full of free slick kicks and groovy gyration. Cozy up with us here all day and night at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio for more local talk and music. <laughs> 